Law. Today we talked about executive privilege and immunity. Oftentimes these terms are combined, but it's important to note that they are actually different. Privilege, as we've talked about in civil procedure, privilege is protected information between parties. So you've got uh, a privilege between attorney-client, you've got uh, penitent clergy, you've got uh, psychotherapist patient and those are your three main privileges well the executive also has privilege and they've got privilege over their documents and communication that could be used as evidence that's different from immunity which is really a question of can you sue the president and under which circumstances can you sue the president so that's really the difference between executive privilege and immunity and the questions that we want to address throughout these cases that we talk about. Our first case is going to be United States v. Nixon. Uh, we've got Nixon versus Fitzgerald, Clinton v. Jones, and Trump v. Vance. And then we'll go ahead and talk about some takeaways at the end of this. Let's go ahead and just talk about some of the takeaways of United States v. Vixen. Sorry, versus Nixon. Well, as you know, during Watergate, there was a whole scandal where uh, several of uh, Nixon's supporters went into the, I believe it was, anyways, it was a hotel. Uh, they tried to disrupt some of the election process, and ultimately they were caught and apprehended, and there were criminal proceedings that were going being charged against them. And Nixon, it turns out, had several tapes of communications that may have been related to this, and it might have been a cover-up. And in fact, it was a cover-up. And these tapes turned out to be pretty disastrous to Nixon. But the idea of privilege is that the president doesn't need to share certain conversations and documents with the courts. And so Nixon in this case is arguing, no, you can't subpoena this information because it's executive privilege. And there were two main arguments for why Nixon wanted this material to be considered privileged. The first was a national security argument, saying we've got secrets, national secrets, in, in these documents that we don't want to share. And the second is separation of powers, where the court should not be grabbing those documents from the president. So what are our main takeaways from this case? The court held that the president does have some executive privilege. And this privilege is assumed, meaning the, it's gonna, we're going to assume that the president has privilege. That ultimately means that a person who wants to gather that inf privileged information must show that they need that information. So what's that mean? It means that this privilege is qualified, and it means that this privilege can be overcome by the showing of those circumstances that makes it necessary. And that's going to be the national security interest that ultimately makes it more privileged. So how do you figure out what's, if you meet this qualified burden? Uh, they're going to weigh the interest of the president and the information, whether it's national security or if it's just related to the case. And they're going to talk about, uh, weigh on the other side, the criminal efficiency, uh, how important is it to have a fair trial for these defendants and for the legal system to work effectively. And so they're going to balance that to see whether or not this information is privileged. 
Ultimately, in this case, the court held that these documents were not privileged. Uh, they were needed. There was a great need for the criminal efficiency here and lack of need for the president's interests. And shortly after that, impeachment articles were drafted, filed, and Nixon re resigned before any impeachment proceedings began, uh, ultimately because, I think, of this case. As far as immunity goes, this is, again, a question of can you sue? The question, uh, first case, was Nixon v. Fitzgerald. The big takeaway from this is that a president is absolutely immune for actions taken in the capacity of their office. So you can't sue them um, before or after for anything they did as president. Clinton v. Jones shows that there is no absolute immunity uh, for a president who takes actions not in the capacity of their office. Thus, the president may still be sued while in office. Uh, there are two things that they can be sued for. That's actions taken while not in office or actions taken while in office but not in their official capacity. Uh, the big arguments against that holding is that there are too many distractions for the president if they could be sued for all those actions. Uh, but the court reasons that those distractions would not be too burdensome for the president. And this kind of leads into Trump v. Vance. Uh, this is a situation uh, where President Trump had information that was subpoenaed and would eventually relate to criminal proceedings against him. He made the same arguments as presented earlier on the absolute immunity, the qualified privilege, and the supremacy clause, which is that the federal Trump state proceedings. Uh, and as far as these go, uh, he made arguments about distraction, harassment, and stigma. And the court ultimately just denied all of these arguments and said that precedent, historical precedent, says that the president has to turn over these documents. We have a case of Burr, clear back, uh, uh, when he was the VP uh, to Thomas Jefferson. We've got Nixon that we talked about. We've got Clinton that we talked about. Uh, the concurrence here wishes that there was a higher standard uh, for this information. And then the dissent uh, recognizes the importance of the president, kind of the separation of powers, and how challenging and burdensome it may be for if a sitting president could potentially be criminally charged, going down to the courthouse, being fingerprinted, being arranged, uh, arraigned, whatever it might be, and going on through these criminal proceedings, which is kind of ironic because that's ultimately what's happening to President Trump now uh, after he has left office unrelated to the information gathered in this present case, but other information that other state prosecutors in New York have done. So what's our takeaways? Uh, let's talk about impeachment for a second. Impeachment can be brought up for bribery, treason, or high crimes and misdemeanors. And misdemeanors, it does not mean criminal misdemeanor, but it just means misconduct. And so it ultimately is a question of how do you determine what's misconduct and what's not. And I think what we've learned through past impeachment proceedings is that it's really up to the Senate 
And there are other theories as well where it should be equated to bribery and treason and needs to be pretty criminally significant. Um, but I think practice has shown that it's really up to the Senate to decide what kind of misconduct merits an impeachment proceeding. So impeachment, uh, we talked about that. Then privilege, uh, we talked about how there is a privilege that can be overcome when through qualified privilege. And this privilege is strongest when there is a national security issue at stake. Uh, when it's you know, to determine whether or not there's a national security issue, the judges can actually look at that to determine whether or not there's a national security issue. And that'll be just done with the judge probably with a couple clerks, to make that decision. And then finally, we talked about immunity. And again, that's can you sue? Uh, the big takeaways there is for acts taken as president, there's absolute immunity. For acts taken before you were president, there's no immunity. For acts taken by the president, not acting in the presidential capacity, there is no immunity. And finally, ultimately, I guess the biggest takeaway of all is that presidents are not above the law. Those are our takeaways. Lots of information. Pretty good stuff. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.